welcome to season eight of Plaid Skirts and Basic Black, the Black Catholic podcast where we talk about faith, culture, and pop culture all through a Black Catholic lens. I'm Marcia, your co-host, who will neither confirm nor deny if I am actually the same person as Wonder Woman. You've never seen us in a room together. And I am joined by my co-host, Shannon, who will neither confirm nor deny that her one goal in life is to overthrow the patriarchy. No, no comments. <laughs> we are joined today by a very special guest who we are super excited to have on the show today. He's a husband, father, brother, and homemaker. Please join us in welcoming Scott McNeilis. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, but thanks. I'm excited. Are you super excited? Because you got to be super excited. I'm, I, I'm pretty amped. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I, I, I would say it's probably amped. Yeah. Probably uh, you're more, amped? I love it. More appropriate. Love it. Yeah. 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 So before you tell us a little more about yourself, we, you have to answer the three most important questions on the show. Are you ready? I am. Yes. Great. First, Scott, are you black? No, I am not. <laughs> like, like you're a bitch, you can burn that. That's so sad. <laughs> you should be. That's it. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Um, are you Catholic? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, that's one. <laughs> one for two. Yeah, yeah. What is the most basic thing about you? Oh, this was, yeah, this is a fun question. Uh, and my wife decided to help me out w- when she said that uh, she told me that she thought boys couldn't be basic. Um, and so she sent out to her family. And if you ever want to be humbled, you know, reach out to your in-laws uh, <laughs> as to what is the most basic thing about you. Uh, and they will, they will volunteer quickly. Mm. Uh, and you have and a lot her, of in-laws. You have a lot of them because she's from. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got 13 people on the family text chain. Yeah. And that's just, that you know, immediate family and, and spouses. So Yeah. Uh, we've got, you know, uh, truly, uh, the most basic thing about me, uh, is probably that I basically live in Sperry's and Polo's. Mm, uh, it's like my day (laughs) uniform. Yes. Okay. It's yeah. It's like solid color color polos. Did we unleash the dude bro? Is that what happened? (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Kind of. Yeah. It's like the easiest thing, you know, uh, of just like, I have like 12 polos hanging up in the closet and just pick one every day. You know, there's some other answers. Uh, Kara says that it's probably uh, that I drink craft IPAs, you know, unironically. Um, mm-hmm. Like I just mm-hmm. embrace it, mm-hmm. uh, that they are some of my favorites. You know, the family reached out, uh, you know, they pointed out the Sperry's and polo shirts uh, that I, I uh, have favorite bins, uh, you know, maybe um, uh, that I watch auto racing. Uh, I think some of the people are, are not quite up on what is basic, but, um, you know, they tried, <laughs> uh, you know. I only like shave Formula once a week. One. Uh, Indy, in, yes, yes, Formula One. Mostly IndyCar is IndyCar. my favorite. I'm a big Indy Five. You know, growing up in Indianapolis originally, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big Indy Five Hundred person and IndyCar racing. Um, you know, Dad was a big fan, and so I definitely grew up going to the race and watching that. You know, they pointed out I only shave once a week, which is incorrect. I only shave twice a year for like weddings and funerals, uh, <laughs> but I just you know trim up once a week or something. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm respectful, you know, but you know, I'm not bothering. I'm a stay at home dad. I'm not bothering, you know, with, with that. So yeah, those were some of the best ones uh, about me. That might be our best Uh, list to date. Like 
Right? <laughs> it <was> great. <laughs> I love it. I seriously, yes. Because boys, can, the last guy we had on the show, Ansel, he was like, basic. He's like, do, do Marvel movies count? And I was like, yes. that that would be me too like i am like marvel like movies specifically like comics that's a whole nother level Mm -hmm. right and i'm yeah oh i'm watching like all the you know as they come out episode by episode and everything so yeah i'm i'm all in on that uh that you know just just add it to the list yeah i like it (laughs) i like it so much just add it to the list (laughs) fantastic so I want to hear a little bit more about you, but our listeners may re- may think that Scott's last name is super familiar because we had his wife on the show last season. And yeah. so he's like, I'm like, so we, we just our first husband wife duo. Am I right? Yeah, I think it is. We haven't had my husband on. So that, you know, we have not had, we talked about your husband on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. This is our first husband wife wow, duo ever. So okay. there we go. There we go. So. Now that you've answered the three most important questions of the show, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I am 37 years old. I am a father of, well, uh, by the time this episode comes out, I'll be a father of two. We are uh, (laughs) expecting our second. Well, we, what am I saying? Uh, Kara is expecting our second. (laughs) She's putting in the hard work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's she's definitely putting in the hard work with that one. Uh, Expecting our second uh, here in May. So uh, by the time the episode comes out, that hopefully if all goes well, that should uh, be all set. Um, so I'll be hard at work, busy with two at home. Uh, I've got a four-year-old son, uh, Michael Owen McNeilis, uh, named after my grandfather uh, at home. Uh, he's just an awesome, bright uh, ray of sunshine in our life. A really sweet kid. But I live in Cincinnati currently. I've been here for about seven years. Was, was in uh, Cleveland for seven years before that. Uh, and then spent the first 22 years of my life in the greater Indianapolis area and then the northern suburbs up around Fishers and Noblesville, other than, uh, you know, a couple years away at, uh, at IU in Bloomington. Um, but yeah, uh, I work super part-time uh, at uh, America's leading four-letter four discount grocer, Aldi. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's like, also basic about me. I shop Aldi uh, unironically. Uh, no, well, here's the thing, though. Yeah. Like, Aldi didn't used to be like that. Aldi was no, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I was like, I, I've shopped at Aldi my whole life yep. from the poor mm-hmm. times into mm-hmm. the not poor times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to yeah. be really real. No, yeah. Like, yeah. it was like, Aldi no, now Aldi's the in the good time. neighborhoods. <laughs> but before Aldi was not yeah. in the good neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, no, yeah. man, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, it used to be that organic was like a dirty word there and that that they would never consider. And now like that is like, yeah, yeah, embraced. Um, So yeah, I've worked worked for them for seven years. Uh, I now have like the greatest part-time job of I work once every two or three weeks uh, whenever they'll let me, you know, and just, uh, yeah, stay on payroll. So yeah, before that, I was a store manager for Aldi for uh, in the greater Cincinnati area all over. So um, that kept me busy and and kept me running around. I've worked in the church before. Uh, I was a youth minister. Yeah. And then I've uh, been very active with uh, Bethlehem Farm in West Virginia is a, a huge part of our life. Yeah. Uh, just that, um, you know, social justice outreach uh, type of lifestyle of Catholicism has always, has, has always been, uh, you know, intriguing to me uh, since, since I grew up enough to learn about it. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I'm a pretty basic guy. Just, you know, pretty basic boy just hanging out. <laughs> Living with a four-year-old, you know, 
raising another basic guy who wears boat shirts and Sperry's as well. So. That is amazing. But I bet that is so adorable. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I bet I basics. Let's do this. <laughs> just the visual of that. Just the yeah. visual of that is amazing. <laughs> so thank you for sharing a little bit more. And I mean, we'll learn more about you as you know, our time together sure. continues on. Scott, I don't know if you listen to our show. Um, when we check in with each other, mm-hmm. we do a weather check. And it's kind of like we describe how we're feeling based on weather, right? Um, so if we're not having a great day, like, it's cloudy outside with that Batman voice. It has to be with a Batman voice. <laughs> <laughs> I just go, I am the vengeance. I am the knight. <laughs> it reminds me yep. of the Lego movie where he's placed oh my God. like darkness. Darkness. <laughs> no, Barrett. <laughs> that song. I sing that song so randomly sometimes. Oh my gosh. Will Arnett is, the, he, I think he is the best Batman. Mm, I'm just yes. going to go out on a limb and say yeah. that Will Arnett is the best Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh He's my definitely God. up there. Yeah. Definitely. He's definitely yeah. up there. I, I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so great. It's like the most non self aware, self aware Batman mm-hmm. out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. You don't have to use the Batman voice. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but if you like, just we describe our weather, um, describe our day with weather. So, Shannon, how's the weather in your neck of the woods? Amazing. It's warm with a clear breeze. I'm out on the water. I'm in my brain, not in real life. I'm here in my office. <laughs> but um, I was like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> not. See, I kind of have like a past oh, yeah. scene behind me on my calendar uh for those of you who can see which is none of you <laughs> <laughs> all, welcome, two of listeners. all two of us who can um, see <laughs> all two of you on the zoom um so I today just have an easy day at work. Like it's it's kind of catching up. Most of you know at this point that I am moving on from my current job to back to Chicago. I'll be with Marcia in person. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to uh, be amazing. It's going to be on TV. Are going to start recording together in person? Yeah. I, I mean, we can. Yes. We can. It's, just, it's funny though, because our audio <laughs> quality is better on Zoom than it is in person. So I'm not sure if we will, unless we like decide to get studio space. Yeah, which we probably yeah. won't because we're. Which you probably won't. Let's be honest. Yeah. So yeah. during our Patreon, so we get you. studio space. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm doing some like transition stuff, but that's going like very smoothly and easily. I'm I'm certainly like dealing with feelings of grief and sadness because I've been here in Indiana for almost. 15 years now at least um so that there's some sadness there but like I went and treated myself to breakfast this morning and read a book I had therapy which was great I'm gonna just like chill out in my office and get work done with no interruptions it's gonna be amazing and um you know we've got we've got good beer in the fridge that I'm gonna have while I'm packing later tonight so feels like a win yeah Great to be here. Craft, I, craft IPA? No. Not <laughs> not <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, but I am like, and like most women, I do love a, a cider. So like, that's very, very basic lady is, is a cider. 
And I'm not a white wine person though. So I'm definitely a red wine person. So that moves me off of the basic train, I suppose. <laughs> not even a rosé. I had a rosé cider the other day mm. and I was like. I like a wine slushy though. Yeah. That is yeah, scary. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. That's real. <laughs> this, <laughs> well, speaking of rosé cider, it was, it was crisp and fresh, which is how my weather is today. <laughs> Boom. Transition. <laughs> I did it. I did it. Um, I, I think that that's what my weather, like it's just a, it's a crisp and fresh spring day. Um, just since I've moved off campus, you know, um, a lot of you know that I've also transitioned in my job, but not quite. Um, I still have the same job. I still run a home with 12 girls. I just don't live with the 12 girls anymore. And creating that boundary has really helped open up a lot of, um, not opportunity, but a lot of my time and a lot of my mental headspace. And now that I feel like I was telling Shannon, I was like, I feel like the dust is starting to settle. And I didn't realize how much I'd been like in this like cyclone, like there's all this dust all around me all the time. Like it was, um, it was crazy. And now it's all starting to settle. And I'm like, oh, I can see. And I just feel like that's what it is. Like I've got, uh, things are crisp and fresh and um, I, I am, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. So that's my, so what about you, Scott? How's the weather in your neck of the woods? Oh man, it is, it is like a classic spring day. Uh, there is like some bright warmth ahead of us. We're anticipating that, you know, coming up with this second baby. Um, but there's, there's, there's a couple chills in the air. Uh, we had a little, little sadness around the house here. We, uh, we just lost our, our kitty cat passed away, Bernadette, um, oh, oh, just I'm this so past sorry. weekend. Well, thank you. Um, and, uh, it's just really weird. So, you know, like, uh, I never thought I would be a huge cat person and, you know, you spend 14 years with a cat around the house and all of a sudden when it's not there, you, mm-hmm. you know, you really start, uh, like cluing in on those things and you miss out on those little noises and mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, having a, a little buddy, you know, following you around and whatnot. And, uh, you know, and then also just, uh, having to explain death with a child, you know, and, um, with a four-year-old and just, you know, monitoring that and, um, you know, there's just those little chills in the air that keep you on your toes, but otherwise it's just, uh, it's a pretty, pretty happy household. Um, you know, it's just those moments that, that come and go like a, like a cold breeze. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so sorry to hear about Bernadette. Well, I'm, thank you. I feel like I want to buy you a new cat. That's I'm a super cat. She's lady. in a new cat buying mood right now. I am. We got a new cat on accident. And it no I one gets it. a new cat on accident. No, I'm no, just no. saying it's not real. All, listen, it's not like those TikToks came to us <laughs> from the universe. All, all I have to do <laughs> is open up my back door, and I will have. <laughs> sure. You have all those feral cats near you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our neighbors feed wild cats. Uh, yeah. and like when, you're, when we first moved to this neighborhood in Cincinnati, we, there was an old Time magazine article about the the wild cat population of you know, of our neighborhood and how it moved from like Southern neighborhoods through us. And, um, (laughs) oh yeah, we could just open our door. Yeah. There's like five on our backyard now. So it definitely will not be an accident for you. (laughs) No, It's like that TikTok trend 
where they're like, when I want to do, and then like insert any task that you really don't want to do. And then they pretend to slip and move and go like take a nap or whatever. <laughs> grandma getting. You know, with the yes. Bruno Mars song, we're yes. not going to sing because I, we really don't have money for the licensing. No, not Bruno Mars money. <laughs> not Bruno Mars <laughs> money. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like, so, but um, it's just, it's the funniest trend. So it's like, when you don't really want to get a cat, but you do. <laughs> You slip and go all the way to the pound, or where do you get cats? Hey, listeners, Shannon here. If you've listened to our podcast for any length of time, you know that I love to put on my teacher hat and talk about theology, ministry, church teaching, and all that jazz. Well, The main reason I'm able to do all of that, as well as Mariah Carey can hit a high note, is because of my education at Catholic Theological Union in Chicago. Catholic Theological Union is a graduate school of theology and ministry in Chicago, our hometown, and the greatest city in the world. Sorry, Lin-Manuel Miranda. CTU provides full tuition scholarships and dedicated formation to students. And believe me when I tell you, the formation I received at CTU has changed my life. Not only did I grow in my faith, but I got to engage with people who were just as passionate as I was about living our faith in the world and bringing that faith to our lives and ministry. Catholic Theological Union offers both degree programs and continuing education that emphasize intercultural encounter, academic rigor, individual spiritual development, and interreligious dialogue. Most importantly, it helped me fall more in love with Jesus as a disciple who was being formed for ministry. To find out more about opportunities for your growth at CTU, go to ctu.edu slash programs. That's ctu.edu slash programs. Oh my goodness. So now that we've talked about all things weather, all things cat, <laughs> acquired accidentally and otherwise. Let's talk about some gender roles. There's Being no transition set. <laughs> Put a damper on that fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've kind of tapped a little bit into gender roles previously on this podcast. If you remember, if you listen to our Mulan episode, uh, A Girl Worth Fighting For, it's kind of amazing, you know. But Today we're talking about gender roles in society, but we want to clarify right now that we are talking about how gender roles play out on people of the two biological sexes. All of us in this episode are cisgender men and women, and it would be inappropriate for us to discuss transgender issues without a transgender person with that experience present. We are not avoiding, but we are also not addressing the church's teaching as regards to transgender issues because that is a larger, it is a nuanced conversation that we are not properly qualified to have. Amen. I just, I want, I want to make sure that that is very clear now that we have given a disclaimer and we've given a little preview of why we brought you in and talk about gender roles today. You are a stay-at-home dad, which is amazing. So tell us a little bit about that slacker. (laughs) <laughs> yeah what do yeah. you do all day oh, I, do? Just, I just i just sit in my joggers and, and a sweatshirt <laughs> and my hoodie and you know i uh, just sit my sit my cup of coffee with a ton of cream in it oh, that's good um, that's good you have bonbons no uh no I'm watch your stories guy. yeah no uh, <laughs> watch my stories <laughs> Yeah, my stories are mostly Curious George and Bluey. So, <laughs> yes, uh, Bluey. 
but yeah, um, so yeah, we've got a four-year-old. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I grew up with a stay-at-home mom uh, and a dad who worked overnight shifts uh, at an auto plant, you know, like very rigid gender roles, if you look back at that. But uh, I was always kind of an empathetic, caring, thoughtful kid, or at least I, I like to think I was. But I was like the kid at, at school that would like talk with other kids about their feelings or, you know, something like that, or like, you know, put an arm over a shoulder when someone was upset. So I was always kind of open to the thought of staying home with a kid. And, you know, years later after, you know, marrying the love of my life and, you know, being blessed with a kid at the time I was managing a grocery store, uh, which is a necessary job and Absolutely. Uh, re- rewarding. But at the same time, you know, my wife is a neonatologist that, um, you know, works to save some of the most vulnerable lives out there. And we both worked crazy hours uh, and could be called in at different times. And so, you know, on reflection, we really decided that we want that we thought it was important that, you know, someone could spend as much time as possible, you know, with our kids and provide them the kind of environment that would allow them the best chance to succeed in, in our opinion, you know, and in our experience. And just when it came down to it, it was something that I was not only open to doing, but uh, excited about uh, and, and taking on, you know, it's a great, a great chance to work on my patience and humility on a daily basis, you know, and then also you look at it, even just financial, it is expensive nowadays for daycare and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I know. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like if I was going to work from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. or something, I mean, what kind of daycare do you find that allows drop off at 5 30 a.m. and yep. pick up at, you know, after 4 30 p.m.? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's only if there's no emergencies at the grocery store and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, if I'm going to spend all of my pay and salary, like I want to spend the time with my kid instead. There's no parent that you talk to that that says, oh, I really regret spending too much time with my kid. (laughs) Um, You know, it's just, yeah, it's always that thing of like people just, you you just like, you never think about it beforehand. But once they come, you know, and you have your kids around you, you just, gosh, you just love them so much. It's like a piece of your heart outside of your body. And, you know, and you just, uh, you can't picture you just picture yourself with them as much as possible um, and wanting to be a part of that. And, uh, and so that was, you know, something that, that worked out really well for us and that I can support my wife, you know, in what she does uh, and that greater good it provides for not just our house, but for society at large. And I also just find value and a lot of reward in my life by supporting others. You know, there's not a lot of uh, banners on my wall for my achievements, you know, of, you know, finishing school, you know, stuff like that, or, you know, but like, um, I'm not, you know, best doctor in the world or whatever, but, um, but I, I like to think that I have a lot of really great friends and family that I have helped be there with and helped walk alongside with them. And I've gotten to see some really awesome things. And I've gotten to see some great friends do absolutely amazing things as well. Uh, and so I, you know, I, it's rewarding for me to, to just be a part of that and and be part, walk along on that journey. So, um, I feel like I get to do the same thing on a daily basis, you know, for 18 plus years with, you know, with these kids. So, um, it was, uh, it's exciting. That's really awesome. That's out to you. So American gender roles, 
they have changed significantly over the past 20 years. Um, well, more or less. Uh, or they look like they have changed significantly. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> they look like they have changed significantly. So what do you think has been a benefit of that and what still needs to change? What about you, Shannon? You go ahead and go first. Mm, I'm going first. Um, <laughs> so I definitely do think that it has become unsurprising for women to work, especially moms. You know, I remember growing up in the eighties and nineties and it was like kind of weird that my mom worked, um, that she was a professional, that she had a master's degree and that we went to daycare, things like that. Um, and it was still, I think when she was choosing that, it was still very much like you were choosing something harder because society was like, what do we do with all these women working, you know? Oh my um, goodness, so, the women. So I they're think getting that, independence. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is definitely um, more to that. Like uh, just for example, my mom kept her last name when she married my dad. Like that was very weird. Um, it's still a little, it's still out of the ordinary, but people were like, well, why doesn't your mom have the same last name as your dad? Are they divorced? Are they even married? Like there were all sorts of questions. <laughs> And, and that was a professional choice, right? She is, she is a, she was a licensed clinical social worker. She, part of being in mental health and health fields is that you, you trade on your name, right? So like you, your name means something, your reputation means something. So that's why she kept her name. Um, and some other reasons that were super feminist that, that she can tell you sometimes. <laughs> She's like, I don't need a man. <laughs> like, yeah. But you like dad, right? Like, <laughs> Also, your dad's last last name isn't like exactly a strong last name. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) wimp is not something you're like super excited to take on in in English, right? Exactly. So anyway, uh, I think that that has changed. That like most of my peers, it is very normal for for someone to be working, for two parents to be working or for the, the woman to be working. Um, I think probably less so in a situation like, like Scott and Kara, where you have dad staying at home. But I also think that the challenge is that our societal structures and infrastructures haven't changed. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why politically we're having so much debate around like what childcare should look like? Should it be paid for by the government? Like, why do we have maternity leave? Do we have enough maternity leave? Uh, paternity leave. Of course, we all know that we don't have enough. I was like, for like, those of like, you who are not here right. on the Zoom, we, like, like we Scott and I are vigorously shaking our head leave leave right now because <laughs> that's a, a discussion that will take another hour itself. Yeah, okay, but so, no, right. the answer is no. Never um, enough. So More I think from, from that perspective, uh, from a from being a parent, that's one thing I definitely see. I think it probably feels different for single people because the way that they experience gender is, is different because they don't have children, um, generally. So I can't always speak to that because I've basically been a parent for most of my adult life, (laughs) but, um, but I think that, you know, sexism is still real, right. It's still out there. So, uh, that's what I'll add to the chat. So I'll say one thing I haven't, um, I know gender roles have changed, right? Or the way that people embrace them or see them or, um, but we've said this before. I was raised by a single mom, right? I was raised by a single mom. She did all the things. Um, my dad wasn't present, um, like as present as, you know, he lived, he lived like 
half a country away you know <laughs> like he lived yeah he lived in Nevada and we were in Chicago so yeah, there was it. like that wasn't a thing and yeah. I mean he still is in Nevada and I still live in Chicago but <laughs> and then on top of that I went to an all-girls high school so like a lot of my formative years like, women <laughs> it was like women Thanks. can do all the things yes right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, they do all the things. Yeah. And we do do all the things. Um, I think that gender roles have changed in the way that women can express themselves or what is seen as okay. Um, But I also think the things that still need to change is I think people's acceptance of the same thing of the way women express themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I was recently on a podcast. It was like a live YouTube type podcasting. It was like two hours and it was with other single Catholic women. And it was talking about um, Catholic, like, like sex dating relationships from a Catholic perspective. Mm -hmm. And like, I wasn't on there being like, everybody has sex, but we were talking about it because that's a whole, if you're dating in the world, the subject of sex comes up, whether you're mm-hmm. Catholic, non-Catholic, pra- practicing, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we're all talking about it. And one of the men on the show said, well, it's up to women. They control whether or not you have sex in a relationship. And I go, okay, yeah, yes, because consent is a good thing. But he wasn't even talking about consent. He was mm-hmm. like, because their sexual market value goes down the more partners they've had. And I go, what? It is- it is 2022 <laughs> and I was like and I was and that's what he said like and he was holding on to this and I was like grandpa is that you like I was so confused and I wasn't promoting anybody to have sex but I was yeah. talking about how the language that we use around sex and around women and about who's responsible or at fault or whatever that can affect like that affects everyone right like I was saying like like I was saying the words like, you know, we have to stop saying like, save myself till marriage because you're commodifying virginity and sexuality. And that is the patriarchy and all this other stuff. And then, and he was like, no, women should absolutely save themselves till marriage. And I go, that's not what I'm, oh my gosh. Like, do you know what I mean? And so, <laughs> I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I'm saying that's the phrasing. <laughs> the phrasing that yeah. we should use, like we should talk about like, no. you know, what are your choices and what are your, th- you know what I mean? Like we should talk about yeah. other things, not like, like, I think that the fact that it blows my mind that it, that I think when we talk about gender roles, it like literally blew my mind on Friday night. By the time you guys hear this, it'll be months away. Um, that someone in 2022 was like, your virginity is a gift to your husband. And I almost threw up in my mouth. I almost threw up in my mouth. Do you know what I mean? Because of that language, because of how people are using that language. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying mm-hmm. they're, you know what I mean? I'm just saying the way they're using the language and the yeah. way that they put that responsibility on women. Yeah. I was like, that needs to change. I'm like, we can still follow church teaching, mm-hmm. but also not give in to the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, I'm so- trying to overthrow the patriarchy, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it has yeah, not been confirmed yeah, or denied, but does that make sense? And yeah. so I think that even those conversations, I think conversations around gender roles and sex and sexuality, I think there needs to be more progress. I'm not talking about everyone. Like I'm not talking about the church changing its teaching. I'm yeah. talking about the way we yeah. talk about it so that we're not shaming women and, you know, putting them in a box and that they are only this thing. And I, and I think that's also harmful. Like that is a huge way that just kind of hit me in the face. And I've been thinking about that a lot 
is that at the end of the day, I could do all these things through Christ who strengthens me, but it still comes down to this. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. And no one's value, regardless of their gender, is dependent on how good they are or bad they are on a moral scale. Yes. God loves each of us, period, end of story. Right. Right? And we may need to reconcile him and with others, but it doesn't change our value. It doesn't change our value in a marriage and the gift we are giving to another person in marriage. And this is straight from the catechism and straight from St. John Paul II is the gift of ourself. We are giving our full self to another person, not our virginity, not our sin, not our goodness, our whole person in a covenant relationship and a sacrament. Boom. Just saying. Yes, I'm so, out. Right about. Yeah, about, that's the end. All right. You guys finished the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, that's, I'm like, it's funny because I completely forgot about that until we started talking about this. And I was like, I'm still mad about that. That still works yeah, my be. biscuits. You right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, like, so yeah, I was just like, no, 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 no. So, okay, now that I have, like, now that I have <laughs> made cracks in the patriarchy even more, Scott, yeah. man that's on the okay. show. Yeah, we're in the patriarchy now. We've tossed it up. Bring it to its Wait, like more of a Finish him. Yeah, I mean, you know, like kind of going back to that a little bit of just for so long, like gender roles were very much just like, what can you provide? You know, like what can you give? Yeah, like like you were saying, of like give your virginity or give, you know, like in terms of like a woman of like you can give birth and then, you know, feed this child and then, you know, on and on. And just those thoughts of like, only women can, can give support and can give, can be thoughtful and caring and emotional and, you know, and I mean, to be fair, I'm an emotional guy. I, I tear up watching like Paddington Bear the movie, you know, like, that's okay. If you don't, yeah. you are cold, cold hearted. And I'm an Enneagram yes. eight. I'm just saying. <laughs> like it's fine. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I think it's that thing of, of yeah, absolutely recognizing that we are many things um, in one body, uh, you know, of uh, just, we all have so much capability inside of us to, to be or do different things, you know, and just kind of going back to it of like, uh, you know, I looked up like some, some statistics just to kind of start. And it was perfect that it kind of matched up of like the last, these were updated in like 2016, 2017, kind of right before I, I decided to stay home. But like, you know, some research from like Pew Research was saying that like the number of the percentage of fathers that stayed home basically doubled from like 89 to 2016, you know, which is like 89. I was four years old. 2016 was right about when, when my, when my son was born, you know, he was two years after that, you know, so just kind of seeing that. And it, it kind of reflects of just like, you start seeing these, it kind of matches up with what we're seeing in society today of just, um, you know, we're seeing a society where women are, are, are more and more hopefully uh, being allowed and encouraged to do, to follow their dreams and do what it is that they do, uh, that they are good at, um, of everybody provide has different talents and provides different goodness uh to to society and to the body of christ you know we're all different parts of the body of christ kind of thing and it's kind of embracing that you know in a way of just um women don't have to be the stay-at-home moms yeah i think it would be an an absolute uh awful waste in a way of like my wife is an amazingly smart woman and is an amazing doctor and she saves lives and she does so much for leadership for 
you know, for just the field uh, and, and research and whatnot. And, you know, not to say that it would be like completely worthless, but like that is something that we all would miss out on uh, for her to stay at home. Um, that's not my talent. That's not, you know, where I am best at, you know, I am someone who's trying to be recognizant, you know, recognizant of, of that. I need to listen more that I, you know, of what I need to be and, and what I need to grow in and, and to use that, uh, as a father, um, to, you know, allow my children to, to be who they are and su- succeed in whatever it is that they do and to embrace those roles of, just because they're a doctor's child, they're not going to be expected to be a doctor, you know, and just because a woman, you know, is a woman or, or whatever, like they're not just expected to be the mother. I mean, that's not to say that, that that's not part of them uh, because obviously like my wife works a full-time job, uh, but when she comes home, she's still, you know, from, from that time period, she's then a stay-at-home mom in that time period, you know, of just like she's doing both, you know, and that is a lot of work and, and requires a lot of support. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been very different in that regard of, yeah, like a complete different opposite, you know, experience from Shannon of just my mom stayed at home and that was the expectation. Mm-hmm. And that was her, her dream and her focus. And, you know, I am better for that in my way of what I needed from her, you know, and just like Shannon, it like Shannon and I are, have been friends for a long time and Shannon is an awesome and strong woman. Uh, and that is a great experience from her mother, you know, of just, um, those are great things to take. And, and, you know, we take different things from both of our parents and just from from our entire structure system, our support system growing up, it's like growing flowers or growing plants and just, they need so many things. Um, and so many different people can provide those things, whether, whether it's a parent or whether it's, you know, the neighbor or, you know, the person at church or the teacher or the, you know, whatever it may be. It's just like that, you know, it takes a, it takes a village to raise a child kind of thing. Um, overall, like as a, as a society, we're just being more holistic lately of just, you know, we're starting to think of those things of like maternity leave and paternity leave as like a public policy or, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. like those, you know, just wasn't talked about. 20 years ago, you know, and, um, the thought that a dad would take time, time off when a baby was born is, was just crazy back then. And, and now we see statistically that, you know, what it provides for a child to have that close interaction and that bond, you know, in the first couple of weeks with their parents and things like that, um, of what it can provide later on, or, or, you know, or we are starting to look at things much more holistically and overall rather than an inclusive, rather than just through very narrow eyes of, old white men, even though that is still happening all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, like, yeah, we talked at the top of like, we can only talk from our own experience of otherwise it's a lecture. Uh, and lectures don't carry a lot of weight if you don't have either facts or experience, um, you know, of that, that opinion. Uh, and so, um, you know, getting a lot of different types of people, uh, from different backgrounds, uh, just makes us stronger overall and lets us see things that that we are blind to seeing or that we've looked at something for so long that we don't see the big things that sometimes it just you need someone else to take a look at something to to help you take that next step so yeah you're right we're stronger mm-hmm. together hashtag stronger together just <laughs> a couple of more things because like we're talking about how we feel and what we think but 
Now I'm going to put you on the spot again because she is my personal theologian. So where do you think the church is on gender roles and gender stereotypes? And where do you, what do you think Christ wants for us? Like, I mean, anyone can answer this first. I just like to put Shannon, on. <laughs> I, I love this. Yes. Um, so I think, I think the church is great. It's both. And Ray as Catholics, we love both. And I think the church is great when it comes to gender and also terrible when it comes to gender. Right. Yep. Um, we that's, sort of, that's my answer yeah, too. Yeah. We sort of fall <laughs> into many times the, the temptation to just rigidly define gender roles. I think part of that is because we do have male only ordination, right? There are some things in our church that are reserved by gender. Um, but we won't get into that, right? And, and we're not arguing with male only ordination, right? We're, so I think that we, because of that, there is a temptation to fall into um, sort of assigning gender roles that we need to be careful of. But I would also say that that things like our consistent commitment over the past 2000 plus years to the value of celibacy and of um, being in consecrated life or in religious life has spoken a very in a very like countercultural way uh, throughout the centuries to this idea that men and women should be defined by their sexuality, right? If you think about, I was actually talking about Eric with this because he's like, I'm so sick of hearing about all these like virgin martyrs, and I was like, wait, let me tell you about the virgin martyrs because I get really excited. Okay, uh, <laughs> not that I'm saying we don't need more married saints and people who are, are in different states of life. We absolutely do. But if you look, especially in the ancient times of the virgin martyrs, uh, they were very defiant of their culture, right? A woman's value, especially in ancient Rome, was in being married and producing children. That was her role. That was how she was holy. That was how she kept Rome, you know, going. And so to choose a different life, to defy one's family, to refuse to marry, to refuse to procreate was extremely defiant. It was extremely feminist and completely like, like there's a reason they were put to death because they wanted to stay virgins. It was like, you either do this or you lose your life. You don't have any value if you stay a virgin for the rest of your life. So we'll just kill you off and make you an example. And so like lean into the virgin martyrs as a feminist, like lean into them <laughs> because they are out there like just being like, no, I will not. And, and what faith and strength that they had to continue to be faithful to Jesus and their commitment to Jesus um, to defy that. So like we have great stuff in the church. We just have to lean into it. <laughs> Speaking of great stuff in the church, I'm going to say this and this is where we might get all the phone calls and emails. Um, I we haven't gotten that, there already. Come on. I know. Right. I think that a lot of people think that the church absolutely has a handle on gender roles because look at theology of the body. And I think that, um, I think the more that I learn and understand and step away from it, I realize that people thinking like this was this the catch-all problem solver for gender roles in the church didn't realize that they were misinterpreting mm-hmm. and then they were spreading misinformation. Mm-hmm. And then now there's a whole misunderstanding of what that is and what that means. And it's gotten to the point where we have even more rigidly defined gender roles mm-hmm. for a lot of places in the church. And it's people that, that don't rec- without recognizing, like we've talked about in a previous episode, how women 
are a huge part of the church. Like women, we are the neck of the church, yeah. right? <laughs> like, read our book, Fat Luther Slim. Read, read, read <laughs> book, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's our first time. Oh my gosh. We're like an hour into recording and just yeah. now mentioning our book. We talked about the Patreon several times, mm-hmm. but, um, but I think that that part is everyone thought the work is done. Great. JP2 did it no more talking about gender roles, theology of the body. And it's like, it's not a whole catch-all. Like, like I think people forget that that took a whole lot of years of formation education for him yeah. to even come up with it. Yeah, And there should take a whole lot of years of formation education for us to understand and internalize it. And then, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Bring it out. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's not, it, it's a full-on study. And, and it was over years Mm-hmm. I think that's been, it's been a gift, but it's also been, it's like monk. It's a gift mm-hmm. and a curse, <laughs> but no, not a curse though, but not like a real curse, but like in the way that people spread misinformation yeah. and misuse mm-hmm. it and misrepresent it. And so um, that's, that's my thought about gender in the church. I like also, you said like ordination is tied to gender and we're not going to talk about that. So Scott, do you have any final <laughs> thoughts about gender roles and gender stereotypes in the church? Yeah. I mean, nothing massive. Uh, but, you know, I think it's still, we, we're still very, um, maybe not very, but uh, kind of ex- ex- exclusionary in the sense of, yeah, obviously there is, you know, uh, a gender separation to certain ordinations and things like that. But um, we're also hitting a point where the numbers of our priests are lowering that, you know, we're, we're hitting that point where mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're having to adapt or die in a way, um, you know, in some ways. And you're starting to see we're just now starting to see it like some Catholic universities where uh, lay people uh, are mm-hmm. being named to leadership positions. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and in many Jesuit school cases, um, you know, we're seeing women specifically named to these leadership positions and these roles uh, as priests are being pulled from schools just to mm-hmm. handle diocesan roles or things like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, it's, it's still hard. There's, there's a lot of growth there. Um, you know, we're seeing mom's day out programs, you know, renamed even just to be a little more inclusive of the fact for dads that need a day out, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, it's simple as small things like that, uh, of just what you write in a bulletin has carries expectations, sets that, that tone in a way. Um, I'd still like to see, uh, women pushed into roles, uh, that they are very suited for like business managers of churches. You know, we still see a lot of, men specifically, um, you know, not just as priests, obviously, which, you know, is to be expected, but, um, but like as business managers of parishes, you know, I, I worked at a, in a parish for a couple of years and, you know, at our weekly meetings, staff meetings, you know, it was, I was often the only man in the room with the two priests and with the business manager. And then, you know, you talk, you guys are absolutely right in that, you know, women are the neck of the church, but they're also pretty much the legs and the, mm-hmm. and the arms of like, carrying us to that you know you look yeah i mean what, I'm like see, all the you, things mm-hmm. yeah are we yeah, well, are because, we are we the b- body of christ what Ooh, oh my goodness oh my gosh huh, how did we get to there uh and i hear we do yeah, not I mean, stand alone <laughs> <laughs> we do not stand alone <laughs> Uh, but, you know, just take a look in your bulletin sometime, uh, you know, and I looked through it of just the last couple of parishes I've been at, you know, in, in different cities. I'm like, it's a vast majority of women in all of these positions. 
you know, that are helping educate our children, that are helping doing formation, that are just doing so many of these roles, uh, even, even in like non-gendered roles of like accountants and things like that, of just, you know, the accountants I worked at, it was, was, you know, at the parish I worked at were female. It's one of those things of like, the church is very female, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and we just need to be, you know, recognizant of that and just, and, and listen to those voices uh, and also promote those voices, you know, like promote them to business managers. You know, there's no reason that they shouldn't be. There's a lot of leadership and, the, and a lot of strength in yeah. that voice in a parish mm-hmm. uh, and in parish life and having a different voice in the room can do wonders for helping people find their own place in the church and seeing that they do fit. And in 20 years or another generation, it, it, that's, that will be the expectation, you know, mm-hmm. of, you know, in 20 years, the expectation will be that a woman can be on the Supreme Court. I mean, obviously, we already know that. Uh, yeah. But you know, like <laughs> right. now with, with Katanji Brown Jackson, like there's that a black yeah. woman can be on the Supreme Court, or which or, is a voice they've know, never had before. So mm-hmm. look at that. Exactly. Just yeah. saying. Just yeah, saying. you know, um, of that is a that is a voice that has been lacking or, you know, like, in parishes that I've been around, you know, a female business manager, you know, not to harp on a specific position, but just, you know, having that kind of thought process or at universities having a female president uh, in a Catholic, in a still devouted Catholic, you know, setting um, mm-hmm. is, is something, something to be focused on. Yeah. We've also seen uh, a rise of uh, consecrated virgins uh, mm-hmm. in the church in the last couple of years. Uh, haven't seen a man in one of those roles. Let's, uh, you know. Oh. Oh, in consecrated versions. Oh, uh, yeah. no. to mean, be fair, the know. right is written for women. So, what does yeah. that okay. say about the church? Is that just saying, yeah. oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, so yeah, so there's so, there's obviously room for growth, but we're at that cross point. This is seriously a great conversation. Like I have loved this conversation. So before we before we close this conversation, very quickly, what is one simple step? someone could take to promote gender equality in their everyday life. My, I'll go first. Um, mine would be to, well, to do something outside of what you think your gender role should be, right? Um, like maybe I'll take out the garbage and change the light bulbs. Maybe I will. I probably, I probably, (laughs) but um, do you know what I mean? Like I would say like step outside of your gender role, like in an appropriate way. Like, I don't know what the appropriate way would be, but what about you, Shannon? Um, I would just say uh, taking care with our language. I actually did this one Lent. I uh, committed for 40 days to only speaking well of my husband. And that's not what the point of my thing is, but I did that. And it changed the way that I talked about him and like to the point where, and I I tell the story all the time. uh, At one point we, I had an interaction with one of his colleagues that later she relayed to him and she's like, he speaks so well of you. And he's like, oh yeah, that's just how we talk in our house because I did this thing for Lent. Right. Like, so it changed who our family was. And so I think that when we take care with our language about how we talk about gender, about the the types of phrases we're using. So things like Marcia said, you know, like not using the thing of saving yourself for marriage, but rather like that we honor the sexual relationship and marriage, right? That's a different way of saying the exact same thing or thing like when we hear people doing sort of that, like dumb gender stuff, like I have another 
friend here at church. So he was out with a bunch of guys and they all started doing that. Like, Oh, my wife, the old ball and chain routine. Like, Oh, she makes me do this. Right. And he's just like, and you know what I did? I just was like, you know, I really love my wife and I'm so excited that she blah, blah, blah. Uh, so he didn't challenge their talk directly. Like he just changed it he, into a positive thing about like how much his wife meant to him and how like much he valued who she was in their marriage. And like, all of a sudden everyone was like, Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Like I didn't mean that I don't love her or whatever. Right. Um, and it, and it wasn't confronting anyone, but it was challenging them to be better, to be, um, better examples of what it means to be Christian men, uh, in this case and to love their wives. Uh, and so, I think those are things that we can do easily. It requires a little bit of attention. It requires a little bit of work, but we can get in the habit of doing it better and therefore um, change, right? That the people around us, just like our family changed when Eric and I committed to, to being positive. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a big believer in, um, I tend to have a, a, a big Irish temper and so my initial a lot of things is to just blow up. Shannon knows um, nothing about that. She nothing. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so to be patient with myself a little bit, for a second, uh, you know, to recognize my thoughts, my feelings, um, but also to embrace a, a little extra humility of just the sense of in all relationships, it's, you know, a little humility helps you see the other person's point of view, helps you recognize and listen to other voices. Um, and helps you see, you know, even just in gender roles of just the, the thought of, yeah, this is typically something that my wife does, but she's had a long day. Like I can just do this thing and just take something off of her plate today. Um, you know, just be willing to, to take something off, off, you know, someone else's plate uh, of just as a courtesy, as a kindness, as, as just a part of your day. And slowly that, you know, a lot of those rigid gender roles will, will break down and disappear of just, you know, and for, and especially in my household of then my kids will see that and we'll, you know, and all of a sudden another generation and another generation, and you start looking at seventh generation down and, you know, it's, it's completely different. Awesome. Yeah. So thinking of taking things off your plate, we now are the part of the show. We're going to put things on your plate, like yes. good things. <laughs> things on your, your plate, offering plate. <laughs> it is, we're on our offering plate um, it is time for the offertory so i'm gonna go first because i'm very excited about mine um is okay so and it's funny because i didn't think i would be excited about this at all but on disney plus there's a new Marvel show and it's called Moon Knight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Moon Knight is from like, like years, a few years ago. But anyway, it's Mark Spector, Stephen Knight. It's a whole like, I'd never heard about Moon Knight until the Disney Plus show was happening. And then I was like, I need to learn something about this. It is, uh, it, there's, a, there's a whole conversation about DID um, that you don't get from the soap operas. But, <laughs> but yeah. DID is uh, disassociative identity disorder there we go mm -hmm. i was like i did it <laughs> i made a medical <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah um and it's really it's a I, here's the thing when you start watching it and you go in cold you're gonna have a hard time with it okay i like give it 
to the third episode before you make your choice. I did. And I'm so grateful. I like got to episode four and it was done and I was like watching it and I was like, oh, I have to wait. <laughs> so I was like, no. So keep going. I'm going to recommend mo- it's Oscar Isaac, you guys. You guys, Poe Dap Mamoran is a whole cinnamon roll. And this, he's, you know, that, um, that meme on the internet that was like, looks like a cinnamon roll would kill you. Looks like it could kill you as a cinnamon roll. Yes. Looks like a cinnamon roll is a cinnamon roll. <laughs> looks like, yeah, it looks like, like, so like, I think that you get all that. <laughs> yeah. You get all of that in the um, Stephen Jones, I can't remember, but Stephen slash uh, yeah. Mr. Knight and then yeah. Mark Spector slash Moon Knight. <laughs> Yeah, you get those four quadrants of cinnamon roller killer. And those four, yeah. would you agree, Scott? I don't know if you've seen it, but like, I have. I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah. It's, so it's like, it's, uh, oh, it's like been super enjoyable. <laughs> it's so good, and I just like yeah. you have to you have to give it those two episodes. Uh, so yeah. Scott, anything to offer us? Yeah, I'm I've just been uh, really big on just like positive media uh, lately. So you know, I mentioned like the Paddington Bear movies earlier. Like those are absolutely mm-hmm. my favorites. You know, mm-hmm. or just find wherever that positivity is. You know, of what if it's that if it's Ted Lasso is a great one right now. Oh, um, you know, of just so much growth and so you know so much uh, respect and things like that. Um, and then the the specific thing is. Um, I have fallen in love with a British show called Grand Designs. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's. Uh, I grew up watching This Old House. And yes, they do like big builds of crazy houses, you know, in like a one-hour episode, um, and it's done so beautifully. Uh, and and the host is so good at he'll point out all these issues and these crazy concerns of you know you don't have the budget, you don't have the resources, yeah. you don't you know all this stuff. But then at the very end. Like he is so good and so kind at when people are showcasing their their life's greatest work of circling back around and recognizing the effort and being so positive about it of just, yeah. it's like it was the greatest thing ever made. And it's just such a great example that this host Kevin is just so great at um, <sighs> for that, you know, and then just, uh, yeah, some positivity wherever you're at. So. That sounds awesome. Um, I'm recommending two things. Uh, my family and I, my mom especially, has been going through old photo albums of us from when we were kids. So that's been really fun, like reliving those memories. And she'll be like, who is this person? And, you know, like kind of like telling family history. Uh, that's So I highly recommend that going through old photos or, um, you know, like find your old diary and see what you cared about when you were 10 and laugh at yourself a little bit. I'm sure it was very important when you were 10. Um, and Humility. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then uh, also I love right now, it's called Wiley Wallaby Licorice. It's Australian licorice. Uh, I shop at Target all the time because I live like two blocks from it. And so they have it there. I'm sure they have it at other places. It is delicious. I love licorice to begin with, but it's like hefty um licorice and it's just so good and you shouldn't eat it especially if you're a licorice lover like me so that's my offertory for all of you today
Thank you so much, Scott, for being with us today. Uh, Thank you all for listening again this week. As a reminder, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PSBB Podcast. You can follow Marcia at StylishLycia. You can follow me at Team Quarter Black. You can follow Scott at Indie Sensi. And you can also email us at podskirtsandbasicblack.com or visit our website at www.psbbpodcast.com. Please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, etc. This helps more people find the show and helps us just get to new audiences. So we appreciate that. You can also support our podcast by shopping our merch at psbbpodcast.myspreadshop.com or by becoming a Patreon subscriber at www.patreon.com slash psbbpodcast. We'd like to say thank you to God for giving us all the genders and all the people. (laughs) You did a great job. We're really proud of you. Because it matters <laughs> when you think about God's work. Uh, <laughs> we would also like to say thank you to Jazar for our theme song, Seas of Mars, which has already bridged the gender gap when it comes to making us move and groove each week. Thank you to Michael and Sam for taking out Marcia's trash and changing her light bulbs. Thank you to Kara for loaning us your husband and to Michael the toddler for loaning us your dad. <laughs> Thank you so much, Scott, for joining us today My pleasure. and sharing your wisdom and insight with all of our listeners. It really was a joy to have you on and to see you as a friend. Thank you to Marcia for being here and doing most of the hosting, even though I'm taking over at the end here. We literally could not do this podcast without her. So. <laughs> appreciate that finally thanks to all of you our listeners for joining us week after week we truly love being with you and discussing these important issues we are back next week for yet another episode in season eight and we cannot wait to be with you again we will see you then bye bye